0: Om ajnana kyananjana salakaya chakshurum litam jenata smai sri gurave namah adunulambato bujo kanakabodato sankita naya kapitaro kamalaya takso vishvambaro dvijvaro yugadharmapalo vande jagat priyakaro karunabhutaro Guru jai. Bhakti Siddhanta jai. ki jai. So this week we've been hearing from Chaitanya Madlila, Chapter 4. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is on his way to Jagannath Puri from Shantipur. After having taken sannyas, Jagadananda Pandit is with him, Nityananda Prabhu, and different accounts as to who the others are from Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Bhagavat. Four or five devotees accompanied him. And while Chaitanya Bhagavat gives an elaborate description of this journey and the various encounters of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Charitamrita Stresses only two major events, one of which this chapter deals with: the Lord's coming to Remuna and having the darshan of Chirchar Gopinath. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had heard the story of Madhavendra Puri's glory from his own Gurudev Ishwar Puri, and the glories of Madhavendra Puri are connected with Chirchar Gopinath. Indeed, the name Chirchar stealer of the sweet rice, that Gopinath. His name was given in relation to his affection for Madhavindu Puri. So arriving there, having darshan, feeling great ecstasy in his heart, Mahabrabhu narrated the story of Madhavindu Puri's devotional service in relation to Chichara Gopinath at rimuna for all of the devotees. Madhavindu Puri is, of course, the guru of Ishwar Puri, who became the guru of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is said that the seed of the kind of love that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited and distributed first appeared in Madhavendra As we come to the conclusion of this discussion, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu cites a verse that Madhavendra recited repeatedly at the time of his departure from the world. He has said that just like when we grind the sandalwood and more and more Help comes out, it becomes more and more fragrant. So by the churning of this verse, it becomes more and more delicious. Deeper and deeper meaning comes out. More and more taste can be derived from it. mabru has said that just as the Kashtuba is the most valuable of all jewels, so amongst poetry, this is the most precious of all verses. He's given a lot of emphasis on this verse. And in this verse we find that the seed of the kind of love that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tasted himself coming from Madhavendra Puri. It is not an easy thing to understand. In fact, it has been mentioned here in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And later on in Antilila, this verse is also cited in relation to Madhavendra Puri's passing and the good fortune of Ishvarpuri and the misfortune of Ramchandra Puri, another disciple of Madhavendra Puri who couldn't understand this verse. Not easy to understand. He is lamenting in this verse. And the standard idea of spiritual life is na nakangshiti samasarishu bhuteshu. One will be free from hankering and lamentation, having arrived at the spiritual platform. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ideal, as we've heard before, is full of hankering and lamenting. Prabhupada used to say chant and be happy, but if we look closely at Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it's chant and be unhappy. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is crying and crying and crying, spending his life like that in the end. So outwardly it looks very disconcerting. They said that the wonderful characteristic of Krishna Prem is that outside it burns like poison, like fire. But inside, it's very joyful. And of course, material life is just the opposite. Outside it looks good, but inside it's rotten. Sure, once, a man once asked, Sridhar this is your goal, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he's simply crying and crying and crying. So difficult to understand what that's about. And the close disciple even of Madhavindra Puri understand. In fact, he lectured his guru at the time of his passing, when he cited this verse in transcendental lamentation in the mood of Sriradha, in separation for Krishna. My dear Gurudev, you should not lament. All things are temporary. <laughs> this way he lectured him about Brahman, and Madhvani was absorbed so deeply in Param Brahma, the supreme Brahman. And the sentiments of his dear most. Very high things, so very difficult to understand. To understand it, we have to get the mercy of Shri Guru Parampara. So here it is mentioned, and there later on in Antilila also it is mentioned, that uh, no fourth person could understand this verse. That means Madhavendra Puri, Radha, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But if we get the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Guru Parampara, then we can understand something about it and how deep it is it is deep sentiments of shiradha and separation we cannot fathom that we can discuss about it and try to understand but by service and surrender and guru kripa we can access it to some extent so here mabru cites this verse he says aidina <laughs> fridayam Alokya kataram kim karomi aham. O my Lord, O most merciful Master, O Master of Mathura, when shall I see you again? Because of my not seeing you, my agitated heart has become unsteady. O most beloved, what shall I do now? So this is the prayer of Radha in separation from Krishna, who's gone to Mathura. He's a master of Mathura. But in Mathura, Radha cannot have intimate company with him like she was accustomed to in Vrindavan, which is all set up the whole stage there, all the scenery is set up for facilitating the Parakeya Bhava. We've heard from Bhaktivinoda Thakura that the necessity of Radha at Gurukshetra was so great because she came so close to again uniting with Krishna but then could not, owing to the fact that the setting, the stage was different. Krishna was dressed as a prince and riding an elephant, had so many queens and so forth. And the rural backdrop of Vrindavan, Krishna's friends and the Jamuna, Gobardhan, the various forests, elderly gopas and gopis who contribute in different ways indirectly to facilitate the intrigues of Paraki above all of this was absent. So he's Mathuranath, he'd become the lord of Mathura, but... In that situation, she cannot unite with him. So her separation is very great. Mahaprabhu has cited this verse and glorified it here in the course of the, reiterating the glories of Madhavendra Puri. And this is Mahaprabhu's sampradaya. Madhavendra Puri initiated Ishwarpuri. Puri. Ishwar Puri became the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Unlike Ramchandra Puri, at the time of Madhavendra Puri's passing from the world, he did not lecture his guru. But he served him, it is said, in a menial way. He was incapacitated physically. And Ishvara Puri waited on him personally, hand and foot, cleaning his stool and urine. So we haven't got to be a big scholar to understand what is Gaudi Vaishnavism. In fact, it could be an impediment. Our scholarly tendency has to be checked, has to be balanced with practical service and menial service. So Ishwar Puri's example, by his menial service and attendance to the physical necessities of Madhavendra at the time of his passing, he got the blessing to become the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we may think he does not need a guru because he is Krishna, but because he is appearing as a bhakta, he needs a guru. Of course, we can also say Krishna had a guru as well, but there he's appearing as a cowherd. <laughs> But we don't know Narayan's guru, God's guru. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is God, Krishna is also God, the Supreme God. But in the mood of cowherd, and having come from the cowherd village to Mathura, Devaki and Vasudeva made a case before Nanda Maharaj that this boy should get an education. So from Avanti, Sandipani Muni, he was a Shaivite, became the guru of Krishna. It is said this is because no Vaishnav would be the Guru of Krishna. But Ishwarpuri became Guru of Krishna, Shri Krishna Chaitanya, who is Krishna, but disguised as a devotee, in the mood of a devotee, highest devotee. So because he was being a devotee and teaching the path of devotion, then he accepted a guru. Nowadays some people want to say that one should accept Prabhupada as their guru, even though he's passed from the world because he was so great. Who could be greater than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? <laughs> He's the very ideal of all the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, but he accepted the Guru to set such an example that we must also do so. He accepted Ishvara Puriya as his Guru, and this is our Sampradaya. Jiva Goswami has said in Tattva Sandharva and in Sarva Samvadini, Sva Sampradaya, it is his own Sampradaya, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he has explained, is the deity of his own Sampradaya. But we shouldn't misconstrue this to mean that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu created this Sampradaya. Therefore we say Brahma Madhva Godhya Sampradaya. We acknowledge the connection between Madhva Sampradaya and Gaudiya Sampradaya. We acknowledge that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in Madhva Sampradaya. And in that Sampradaya, he gave new light. Because what is found here in the prayer of Madhavendra Puri, this is the ideal of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it is not the ideal of the Tatvavad Madhva Sampradaya. We have Tatvavad Madhva Sampradaya and we have Madhva Sampradaya. Madhva means it's taken a different direction towards Goda, Godadesha, the sweet land of madhurya and love of the gopis in particular. We don't find that in Madhva's thinking, Bhajan, life and so forth. But... This is not an exception that in the Sampradaya new light will come. After all, Madhva himself was initiated in the Shankar Sampradaya and he gave new light. New light came from him. He got it confirmed, it is said, from Vyas at uh, Badrinath in his commentaries of Bhagavad Gita and Mahabharata were put before Vyas for his approval. So we can say he made a direct connection with Vyas. But other than that, he's initiated in the Sampradaya of Shankar and came out with some even refutation, strong refutation against ideal of Shankaracharya. So for new light to come in his Sampradaya, as they say, this is not an exception. Also there's the example of the Balab Sampradaya, which is led by Balabha Charja. That is part of the Sudha Vedanta philosophy of Vishnu Swami, Sampradaya. So Balabha came much later than Vishnu Swami. He was a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he showed some new light in that line of Sridhar Swami. Sudha Swami and Vishnu Swami. Sridhar Swami came in the same Sampradaya. We say the founder is Vishnu Swami, Vishnu Swami, the founder of one, and Nimbarka of another, and Brahma of another, and Lakshmi of another. So all these sampradayas, four sampradayas, they're founded by devotees, and they're founded by devotees for the worship of the Lord. So sometimes it is argued that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not found his own sampradaya because he's Bhagawan, and the sampradayas are founded by devotees of Bhagavan. Rather, he joined a sampradaya there's mention of a verse by Baladev Vidyabhushana and also by, I believe, Karnapur. a verse from Padma Purana that says there are four Sampradayas, Brahma, Lakshmi, the Kumar Sampradaya, and Rudra Sampradaya. So Rudra Sampradaya is that Vishnu Swami Sampradaya that Balava came in, and Kumar Sampradaya, Nimbarka, is a Praman, a charger who articulated that doctrine in later times. And Sri Sampradaya, Ramanuja came after the Alwars and articulated what is the, the Shishta Dvaita and Madhva came in Brahma Sampradaya to give his Dvaita and in that Sampradaya Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. It means Madhavendra Puri had some connection with Madhva Sampradaya. So Kavikarnapur gives his guru as Lakshmipati Tirtha and Baldi in his Gubindabasha commentary Vedanta Sutra gives the same list, Madhavapuri Puri or Madhavendra Puri, connected with Lakshmipati Tirtha and so on. Sometimes some people have argued against this, that there is no mention in any of the Madhva Maths of a disciple named Madhavendra Puri being initiated by Lakshmipati Tirtha. But it simply means that he is not the head of any particular Math. They argue also that all the names of the Madhva Sannyasis are Tirtha. So what is this Puri name? I mean, Shankar gave ten Sannyas names, Puri, Tirtha are two of them. And Madhva, all the Madhva sannyasis have the name Tirtha. But there is some evidence also that there are some Puri and Bharati sannyasis in the Madhva line. And it may also be argued that Madhavendra Puri was initially initiated in the Shankar Sampradaya, that they then came in touch with Lakshmipati Tirtha and was inspired in the Madhva line, so he kept his Puri name Puri Sannyas name, would embrace the teachings. Overall, it may be argued in different ways that Madhavinda Puri had no connection with Madhva Sampradaya, but we don't find any evidence that he had really connection with any other Sampradaya. Unless you want to make a case that some people have that he had connection with Shankar Sampradaya, but there's nothing similar to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ideal to be found in Shankar Sampradaya in comparison to the Madhva Sampradaya. In fact, two of the strong points for Madhva Sampradaya, the worship of the deity of the Lord and the refutation of Advaita Vedanta, Shankar's philosophy. These two strong points of the Madhva were fully embraced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, overall, we accept, people may argue in different ways with Baldi Bidivushana, Kavi Karnapur, and the great Thakur Bhakti Vinod, Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and all in our line except Madhavendra Puri was connected with Madhva Sampradaya. And in him came this seed of the new light that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the fruit and flower of and widely distributed. Mahaprabhu put the seed in him, then made his appearance in that Sampradaya. Many people, there are gaudiyas who argue against this. They want the Sampradaya to begin with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then any of his principal Associates. They deny any connection with Madhva Sampradaya. They say that, oh, Bali Bidibhushan was a Madhva and to enhance his own position, he made a case for being connected with Gaudiya Sampradaya and that there was a connection and so forth. He got connected by initiation to Gaudiya Sampradaya, but couldn't give up his attachment for Madhva, so he tried to make some connection like this, but there is no connection. Mahabhubu started his own Sampradaya, but it is not uh, so much A glorification of Mahāprabhu to say that he went against the scriptures by creating his own Sampradaya and to deny his uh, connection with Madhva Sampradaya. We don't find today anyone in Madhva Sampradaya will be proud to try to make a connection between Gaudiya Sampradaya and Madhva Sampradaya in the way that Baladev Vidyavushan did. Mostly they are (laughs) arguing against Chaitanya Mahāprabhu's doctrine. Although they may appreciate that Gaudiya Sampradaya is widely preaching, and they say, in this way, letting people know about our Sampradaya. I know that Padmashing Maharaj preaches in South India in Karnataka, where Madhva Sampradaya is is prominent. And they're very clannish at this time. And for the most part, they don't acknowledge a connection with, common people anyway, who are Madhvas, don't acknowledge a connection with Gaudiya Sampradaya. But the leading sannyasis and charges, then you can get a little somewhere with, perhaps. Anyway, we fully acknowledge that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu joined Madhva Sampradaya, and through Madhavendra Puri, his Paramguru, he manifested the seed of love of God that's found in this verse. Although there may be difference of doctrine between Madhva and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, here, in this person of Madhva Sampradaya, this beginning of the doctrine of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has started to manifest in this prayer. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appreciated this prayer and Madhavendra Puri so much, as we find in this chapter. He's glorified Madhavendra Puri in terms of his life as a complete renunciate. It is said Madhavendra Puri lived with no other person, no second person, just to avoid falling into mundane conversation. In great ecstasy, he came to Vrindavan at govindakund near Govardhan, at the base of Govardhan, And there he sat, hearing and chanting. His habit was such that he never cooked for himself, never begged any food. But if some came, food of its own accord. In other words, if Krishna supplied him food, that was his prasad. Such a high standard of detachment we find in him. So we have to combine this high standard of vairagya in the context of bhakti, this detachment, with this lamentation we find here in this prayer. How could a person who is so renounced, detached, didn't even keep a companion for fear of falling into mundane conversation, didn't even beg food. If it came of its own accord, then he would take, otherwise not. How can we think such a person is lamenting in a material way for something less than spiritual? So this makes us think, oh, it must be a very high thing, these affairs of Radha and Govinda, Radha Krishna that he's thinking about, meditating upon in the mood of Radha. Very detached, param bhagwat. he sat at Govinda-kunda underneath the tree and chanted the holy name of Krishna. And one day, Gopal Krishna himself came before him and offered him some milk. He got the direct darshan of Lord Krishna, not appearing with a flashing effulgence and all valuable jewels and ornaments, but just like an ordinary cowherd boy. Very, very special darshan. And although he was fully satisfied in his heart, the darshan of this boy, he couldn't understand why. He felt fully satisfied. The boy offered him milk. He asked, who are you? He said, actually, I am the leader of this village here. And in this village, some people grow their own food. Some people eat only by begging. But those who don't even beg, then I supply them. So some gopis, elderly gopis, milk maidens, they saw you here told me about you, they gave me some milk, so I'm bringing it to you. He said, I'll be back later to get the pot. And and suddenly he disappeared as if into thin air. He he seemed to walk away, and 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 it was very mystical. He disappeared. He looked everywhere for that boy, could not find him. So he sat drinking the milk, thinking about the experience, and gradually into the night, he began to doze, and he had a dream. That same boy appeared to him in the dream and said, My worship in this village was established by my grandson, Badranath, And sometime after that, the Muslims attacked this area, and the priest who was caring for me hid me in the bushes and fled from that place for his own life. And for a long time now, I've been in the bushes here, and it's very uncomfortable. I'm enduring the elements here, especially the heat of the summer, and I want you to come and get me out. Once you get me out, I want you to place me on top of the hill of Govardhan and build a temple there for me. So he woke from his dream and he gathered all the villagers together and told them about his dream. And they had strong faith in the statements of Madhavindapuri. So together they got the uh, machetes and they went into the brush. And in Madhavindapuri's direction, they cut away and uncovered the deity of Shigopal, And then a huge arrangement was made for bathing him with 900 pots of water from Govindukund and Panchamrit and Panchagavya, so many auspicious substances. And then the people from the village brought their grains. This was the harvest season, Anukut. They brought their grains, rice and wheat in the form of chapatis and so many vegetables and preparations. And a huge Anukut celebration was held and it was held for days and days and days and days because everyone in the village got to make an offer and the news spread from that village to the next village and to the next and all surrounding villages heard of the wonderful devotion of Madhavendra Puri that Gopal Krishna had appeared to him in a dream and told him of his whereabouts in the form of the Archivigraha. So each outlying village also came forward and made their petition let us also make offerings. So the Anakut ceremony was held again and again for days on end. Madhavendiburi showed such a standard of, of devotion to the deity he is a Yati, a sannyasi with nothing, no possessions. So it's sometimes questioned how a Yati can serve the deity nicely. You know how Madan Mohanji was being cared for by Sanatan Goswami, who had nothing. He was making some kind of bread. They still make that at his Bhajan Kutir where he did that kind of worship of Madan Mohan. He hung him from a tree and offered this bread. And one day, Madan Mohan said, Can't you offer a little salt at least with that? And Sanat Goswami replied, First you have salt, then you want ghee, and then vegetables, dal, rice, and I'm just uh, living here with nothing. <laughs> How can I take care of you like this? And of course, as the story goes, the next day, a great and powerful merchant who was a salt merchant was traveling on a barge on the Jamuna and got stuck. And by the arrangement of Madan Mohan and Sanatan Gusami, the barge was freed. So he said, when I come back and sell my salt, then I'll certainly make a donation. And the temple was erected and Seva Puja was extended and Madan Mohan got his salt and ghee and everything else. So the point is it's a little difficult for a sannyasi to worship the deity nicely. He has a big appetite. So here's another example, how Madhavindapuri had nothing but that kind of devotion. So this is the kind of devotion, the heart we should offer, our heart we should offer to the deity, as Madhavindapuri did. And then so many arrangements were made. So many villagers came, offered their entire crop to Gopal. So this is the main article of Offering, Krishna says, Patram Pushpam Palam Toyam Yome Bhakta Prayachati. Tadaham Bhakti Uparita Mashnami Prayatatmana. Twice in this verse, he says, Bhakti, with devotion, offer me. Even a simple thing, but with Bhakti. So Madhavendra Puri's heart was given to Krishna. And having gotten the instruction and subsequent darshan of Gopal deity, first darshan of the deity, Himself coming before him, then in the dream, then in the form of the deity. He had uh, great devotion and a huge arrangement was made. A temple was erected. Brahmins were initiated into Vaishnavism. The worship was established and it went on for two years. Very nicely, very opulently. And then Puri had a second dream. And the deity appeared to him in a dream and said, you know, after all this worship and all the bathing and everything, I'm still hot. Summers in Vrindavan can get to you. So Krishna said, oh, is, I'm still hot, and I want you to bring me some sandalwood and camphor to smear on my body in abundance. So this meant that Puri had to go a long distance, that sandalwood was a kind of a protected tree, apparently, so it was under the jurisdiction of the government. And he had to go all the way where to Puri to get that sandalwood. It means he had to undergo great difficulty in traveling and... On the way, he stopped at Ramuna and had the darshan of Gopinath. And at that time, Gopinath was famous for the sweet rice, bakir, prashad, that was offered to him. It was well known. It had a reputation. And Madhavanapuri seen the worship there, very nice worship. He was very attracted, thinking of his Gopal deity and how he could worship him nicely. A thought entered his mind, I'd like to taste that sweet rice because if I taste it, then I'll know how to prepare it, and when I return, I can make it for my Gopal. This was his pure thinking, and his purity was further brought out by his reaction to his own thoughts. He condemned his own thinking, saying, just see, actually, I only want to taste the sweet rice, but I've rationalized it in such a way as to say, I want to taste it just so that I can prepare it for Gopal. The latter was the case, but in Vaishnav humility and self deprecation, he thought, I'm just a sense gratifier, and he fled from the place. And that night, Gopinath appeared in the dream of the head pujari, and said, every night they're putting the sweet rice before the deity twelve pots. So he said, this night I've taken one of those pots and put it underneath my dress, and I've done it to put it aside for one devotee named puri who visited me today. Please wake up and come and get it, find him. And give him that sweet rice. So the Pujari woke up, went on the altar at night. There he found that sweet rice. And in the day he went out in the village and called everywhere, madhavendra Puri, who is madhavendra Puri? Gopinatha has stolen the sweet rice for you. He came across him, he gave him the sweet rice. madhavendra Puri ate that sweet rice, then took the pot, broke it into many pieces and tied it in his cloth and kept that. And every day he would eat a little piece of that pot, clay pot, Well, when this wonderful event happened, what happened to Madhavendra Puri? So many people came to get his darshan. He became famous. So what did he do? The next morning he immediately fled from Ramuna to Jagannath Puri to avoid the pratishta. This pratishta is very much undesirable. We've heard that it has been compared to the stool of a pig. As I've said before, the implication is that stool is bad, but pigs eat stool. And what their stool be like. We should not make a diet of this. The stool of the pig, Raghunathas, is the urine of a donkey. So much as we are repulsed by these thoughts of drinking the urine of a donkey or the stool of a pig, we should be repulsed by pratishta, this desire for position, distinction and adoration. Krishna alone has pratishta, position, standing. Everything has standing only in relation to him otherwise not. So when we run away from pratishta, how will we do that? Not by uh, Advaita Vedanta. (laughs) This is the opposite. (laughs) A big desire for position. But by the renunciation of Madhavanda Puri, wherein his life was such that he wanted to establish in the eyes of everyone the position of Krishna, the supreme position of Krishna, make himself only a servant of Krishna. So running away from pratishta means, not that you just try to hide from that, but you acknowledge who really has standing. What is the standing of the Supreme Lord? To so you spend your life for establishing that, and then you'll have no artificial pratishta, desire for distinction, adoration. Because who are we in comparison to Krishna? It is said in English that there's an adage that if you can't beat them, join them. So if we simply hear about Krishna authoritatively, how can we have any pratishta? He is great. Of course, you may think, I am a great devotee (laughs) of Krishna. We think it is great to be a devotee of Krishna, we should think. I wish I could be, have real devotion. In this way, by moving away from pratishta, false pratishta, we move in the direction of real pratishta. What is the position of Krishna? And then that, then pratishta comes after us. It means... If we run away from this, Krishna will come after us personally, he who has all position, all standing. The Puri avoided this at all costs, but Krishna came after him, Pratishta came after him in the form of so many people wanting to offer service to him, offer dandavat obeisance to him. And, of course, the Vaishnav in this position, out of kindness, accepts some service from those common people. As we've said before, this Krishna's desire to please and serve such devotees like Madhavinda Puri, But they are always avoiding that. So through the servants of those devotees, and servants means out of compassion for them, who have little interest in Krishna, having seen real devotion in Krishna, in oneself, in themselves, those devotees extend the opportunity for seva. They show kindness to those people. They become Vaishnavas in this way, Kari Vaishnavas. And they serve Krishna through the medium of that devotee, and Krishna's desire is pleased, satisfied, to serve those great devotees. So we should try to become a servant of such great devotees, like Madhavendra Puri, in our Guru Parampara, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Guru Parampara, Madhvagodiya Sampradaya. He ran to Jagannath Puri, but by the time he got there, his reputation had gone ahead of him, and people surrounded him, and The king arranged, the king's servants arranged for the sandalwood. He got like some 80 pounds of sandalwood to take and two assistants were appointed by the government to him, to help him. Money was given to him to pay the taxes along the way, the tolls at the different river crossings and so forth. And after some time having Darshan of Jagannath and dancing in ecstasy and accepting his position, it was Krishna's desire, he couldn't avoid it. Now you must be acknowledged as a great devotee. And he went. Such a great devotee. But he went on foot with such a menial service in mind for Gopal. And as he went, he traveled back through Ramuna. Again he had the darshan of Gopinath. And at night he took rest. He came and he danced and chanted and all sattvicabhavas manifested in his body. And all the devotees were so pleased to see him there. He took rest at night. And again the deity appeared. His Gopal appeared and said, I am very satisfied with your service. And I don't want to see you burdened physically by carrying this sandalwood a long distance and perhaps in difficulty with government officials. Although he had the authorized papers for taking the sandalwood, still some trouble might be given to you. I don't want any trouble for you. I will take the burden. You take that sandalwood and give it to Gopinath because Gopinath and I, we are one. Make for an arrangement to smear it on his body and my body will be cooled. So he told the dream to the priests. Then he used the money that he had been given for paying the taxes to hire people to grind that sandalwood. It's quite laborious. And every day until all that sandalwood was ground down and finished, the deity was smeared with that sandalwood paste and camphor. So has said, what is the position of Madhavindapuri? He put the case before Nityananda Prabhu. Is there anyone in the world who is a greater devotee than Madhavindapuri? What do you think? This is what happened, he told the story. He had already told the story and then he gave his purport. He said, oh, "Gopal is bhokata vatsal, very affectionate to his devotees. We find that example, that affection is drawn by madhavendra Puri. What is his position? He was very detached and very exalted, prepared to do menial service, hard labor for Krishna, carrying 80 pounds of sandalwood, a thousand miles on foot, and having to deal with different government officials that might question his position and so forth, he said, "We should take such trouble for Krishna as Madhavendra Puri has, as if it is no trouble whatsoever, labor of love, and if we are fortunate, we get this kind of reciprocation from Gopal, as Madhavendra Puri did." And this way, he comes now to this verse that we've just read: "Ahi dina naardranatehe." And having said this verse. Mahabrabhu fell on the ground in ecstasy. All ecstatic symptoms manifested in his body. Then he got up only to dance and chant in ecstasy, fall again on the ground. And then he just uttered, "Aidina, Aidina," trying to say the verse, but he couldn't repeat it. Such a powerful effect it had upon him. In this way today we want to honor our Rama Madhva Godhya Sampradaya in relation to the connection between Madhva Sampradaya and the Gaudiya Sampradaya in the form of Śrīmadhavinda Purī. And we are happy today that one young man has come after four-plus years of studying our Sampradaya, and our Sampradaya particularly in relation to our group here, headed by myself, has come forward to formally enter the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahāprabhu. We should take some time to consider all these things, if we're going to join the Sampradaya and embark upon a spiritual life, then it should not be done whimsically or based on someone else's zealousness, but due consideration, hearing, observing, and as far as possible entering with a mature understanding with the idea that by such, with the Shraddha, the faith, that by such my understanding will mature to such an extent that it will fuel my devotional life and ultimately give the fruits of realization as to what all these things are all about. So today we give the Harinam initiation, and with Harinam initiation we give the mantra Hare Krishna mantra on Tulsi Mala. I've chanted on the beads, and you will then chant on the beads. and. We should chant 16 rounds every day. And there are certain things that should be avoided, mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam, in relation to Maharaj Parikshit's meeting with Kali. There are five things that should be avoided. Kali was given a place to stay wherever there was intoxication, gambling, illicit sex, and meat-eating. was replied, there is no place like that in your kingdom. I'm a Sharanagata, I've surrendered to you, although I'm nefarious. Still, I surrender to you. So the rule of Sharanagati is that a Sharanagata has to be given some place. The king extended it. He said, wherever there is a hoarding of gold, so don't hoard money. (laughs) Take what you need to live and give the balance to breading of Godivaishnavism. Otherwise, these other things will come, take advantage of you. Now you're living outside of the moth, so you need some money. To live and take care of yourself but don't become preoccupied with just making a lot of money and improving your material situation try to improve your spiritual standing and the primary means for that is hearing and chanting in the context of good association so come regularly to our monastery here at our as often as possible listen to the lectures you are getting the cds every month Right? Listen to them and read on the Sangha, participate in the Tattva Vivek. This is our online ashram. Share those teachings with others, primarily by your example. In other words, be inspired by those instructions, those talks and discussions and so forth with other brothers and friends of our mission. And be so inspired by that that people want to know what you're about and then share that with them. So example is most important, more important than the precept. Set a good example. Chidahari, bring the beads from the altar, come forward. This is the Kuntimala see neck bead. Prabhupada used to compare to a collar, like a dog's collar. We are all as he used to say. Dogs of the of Krishna. But that is not a small thing. <laughs> he would always make it clear to us. So when chanting on the beads, then you begin with this large bead here. Hmm? Start like the bottom of a tree and go to the top. Where it gets smaller, pick a fruit and come back down. Hmm? And the Sastasaki is not attached here. So after you get these, you give it to Shamsuna. And he'll put that on after the eighth bead. Now you should know what the ten offenses are against the holy name. Study them, try to avoid them. They're found in Padma Purana and Prabhupada's Bhagavatam commentary, the second canon they mention other places as well. Harinam Chintamani of Bhaktivinoda Thakur has talked all about the ten offences and try to avoid all those offences and chant Shuddhanam. Pray to the Shudhanam, the pure name, which is non different from Krishna, will manifest in your heart. So in light of our discussion of Madhavendra Puri, your name is Jai Gopal Das. Jai Gopal Das ki Jai. Try to serve Gopal Krishna, just like Madhavendra Puri did. Hari Hari Bho. Hari Hari Nama Krishna Jadavai Namaha. haraim krishna dyadvai